I've trained super successful business owners. One of the guys I remember, he's like, I literally signed up for training because the worst part of my day was like bending down to tie my shoes. He has multiple restaurants and businesses and like all this money, but the worst part of his day was bending down to tie his shoes. What have you done wrong in your personal training journey? The biggest thing that I did and helped me a ton was just finding a mentor in that field, somebody who's really good at what they do. Everyone's situation is very unique. I actually found out that this person is jobless, but they need this more than anybody in this gym right now. I'm gonna help them. Why do people go to the gyms? Feel better, they look better, stress relief. It's like your one hour of the day that you can just dedicate to you. We in here, the live one baby. fitness baby. We got Shane. We live baby. What's up, bro? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good, good. I uh, appreciate the, the drinks, the snacks. You got quite the setup in here. Get the energy right. Get the protein go. in. Let's go. We're ready to rock. I'm a caffeine addict, so I got to learn to like calm down a little bit. Pump the brakes, yeah, right? Yeah, you got to. Got At the to. end of the day, you're like adding them up. Like, I'm 2,000 milligrams deep. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we ain't there yet. But <laughs> right. I want to be surprised if I had a couple of those days. Right. But dude, I wanted to get you on the show because uh, one, I love health and wellness. I have a lot of respect for entrepreneurs. I have a lot of respect for men entrepreneurs. You're 29 years old. I'm 29 years old. And I tell you what, man, like just business is tough, right? For sure. Uh, and I have a lot of passion for, like I said, health and wellness. And I've always wanted to own a gym. That might happen uh, in my future. Yep. Um, but I also know that owning a gym, it's a lot because there's a lot of different ways to do it. There's a lot of different ways to uh, structure the business model side. Right. And then if you want to be in this specific location, who are the type of clients that you want to come? What's the membership structure? Do you right. want to have amenities like a pool, sauna? You want to have like uh, more subscription-based? You want to have trainers? There's a lot that goes into a gym. There's a ton. Yeah. So many options. A lot of dollars can go into it, you know? <laughs> But uh, yeah, you definitely just have to pick what your niche is, what the demographic is, you know, what the model is going to be. And you got to go head first with that. And then you can kind of add after that. And so explain how you started and that, and how you've scaled the one fitness here in Columbus. So actually the one actually started during like tail end of COVID. Mm. Um, probably like two and a half years ago is when we got into the building and started construction and getting everything in here. But it started during COVID when I got let go from my corporate gym at Lifetime Fitness. Um, so then I started training clients out of my garage in my house. And then my clientele just started doubling, tripling. It was like a compound effect because it was like the black market gym. It was the only spot that was open. <laughs> Right. Um, but it was hilarious, dude. I would have like 25 cars lined up on the side of my street coming into my garage to train with me. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. That was a weird time. Like getting a haircut, going to the gym. Thankfully, Ohio was more open sooner than not like right. California. Um, but what was it like, uh, getting the location set up? So you had, you had adapted to getting, uh, let go at Lifetime, they were acquired by like a Sporta, right? Um, Lifetime is, so that. they're different than a Sporta, like okay. LA Fitness. They're like the, the bougier version. I'm thinking of LA Fitness, that's yeah. right. Lifetime Fitness. Uh, so you had these clients, they followed you to your garage yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're doing the uh, at-home workouts in the garage. 
word of mouth got out? Is that how you kind of built your, your clientele? Yeah, it was. So honestly, I probably started COVID with like 20 some clients. And then there was one point I was like doing like roll call and I was like 60 some clients deep. Mm. And I was like, damn, like business is good. (laughs) Yeah. And then I kind of saw the light. I was like, so this is what working for yourself looks like. It kind of was like the light bulb moment. And then I remember telling my current business partner, Brian was like, Hey, lifetime's calling us back. Like furloughs over. Um, are you going back? And I was like, dude, no chance I'm going back. (laughs) (laughs) How do you, how do you build that clientele? Because whether you work at lifetime, whether that, whether you're a trainer and you train here at your gym, right? If you are a personal trainer trying to build up your clientele, what would you say and or what was your experience that allowed you to get those clients, the very first one, all the way to getting the 60 that ultimately led to the story of you opening the gym with Brian? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's just kind of embracing, like it's embracing that shitty time. It's embracing the suck. You know, it's like, this is about to be, you know, balls to the wall for the next six months, set your time frame. And like, put your head down and just go to work for like what you're trying to get at the end of it. But uh, yeah, man, it's like, I would reach out, I would have a list and I would reach out to people like every day on Instagram, like they post a fitness picture. I'm like replying. I'm like, Hey, come work out with me. Come try it out. Mm. And then once they were in, I knew it was like an easy sell for me, but once they're in and experience it, I feel like once you get them in there, it's like, it's just you being you. And like, when you have that platform and you're good at what you do, you're confident. And it's like, all right, they're in next person, next referral. But it all comes back to like, just being a good, genuine person mm-hmm. and building that relationship with people. Cause that's, I feel like when people go wrong is like, all right, they're getting the success. They get their ego a little built up and then they kind of lose the root of what they originally started with. Yeah. And that's good that you've learned that early on. And I would still consider you a very, early on entrepreneur with the gym, right? Like right. we all know the statistics, businesses fail because they don't have cash and or lack of cash flow. They burn through their cash. And that usually happens within the first five years of an entrepreneur's journey. But what you're saying is very simple. It's like someone that has a roofing company, I'm going to give you a free estimate. It's similar to, Hey, I'm going to give you a free workout. I saw you post on uh, social media, on Instagram that you're working out. Uh, or I'm assuming you could just go to the search bar in Instagram and type in lifetime fitness, see who's tagging that in their posts, go in, send them a DM, you know, right. come do a free workout with me and, or come to my garage. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, not in a weird way, unless you do that <laughs> on the side, I don't know, maybe right. that's a side service, but you give them that free workout. They connect that human in con- uh, connection yeah. and then they naturally start referring your clients. Right. Yeah. Cause then they're around like-minded individuals in that setting. You know, they're having a good time. Um, then you build a relationship with them and then it, it just keeps going. What got you, like what, what got you into being a personal trainer and then ultimately a gym owner? So I'm still both. <laughs> I'm still personal trainer, still gym owner. But, um, you know, obviously as we're trying to scale and grow this thing, um, you have to take your foot off, you know, being so um, client facing all the time and try to, you know, step back a little bit or have pay some other people to take your hours, things like that. But, um, it really just fell out of the sky. I never wanted to own a a gym, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, 
it's too much money. It's too much overhead. You need too much space. Um, but COVID and all the clients, it just literally fell into my lap and I was like, shit, I guess we're doing this now. So here we are. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the thing too, is like just taking that first step and going towards what you want, you know, versus reading every single book under the sun and finding out, you know, everything you could about this possible business venture, but you never actually take the step to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what so many people get caught up in on social media and things like that. It's like, oh, well, I read 17 books in the past two months. And it's like, but did you do anything with it? You sure. Know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. And that's one thing. COVID was like the, COVID was like the perfect excuse for people to make change. But also when it comes to businesses, I think what the customer wanted changed as well. Yeah. So I'm, sh- I'm sure that you had those limited beliefs of, I don't want to be a gym owner because you have to have all this space. Well, yeah, you're at lifetime. You're working at lifetime. So that's, you're sucked in that environment thinking that you have to have 20, 30,000 square feet. You have to have the highest in equipment. And, and maybe that's what you're going for, right? Sure. I get it. But what we saw was this shift of, oh wait, people people had a perspective shift. They just want to work out. So they don't give a shit if it's at Lifetime, the bougie gym, or they don't care that it's in Shane's garage. Right. They just want to work out. So yeah. how do you take that opportunity in chaos and turn that chaos into something that's creative that you can ultimately monetize? And I think that we saw that in basically every single industry. There's industries that never thought that they would ever be able to operate their business on a Zoom call. Right. Well, here you are. Yeah. You never thought that there would be different gyms popping up in central Ohio and Columbus, Ohio, or around the world that doesn't have the model that everyone else followed, right? right? That you pay a membership and this is what you get. No, I just want to work out. I don't care about your amenities, your swimming pool, your sauna, whatever it may be. I have that at home or I go somewhere elsewhere for that. Right. So I don't want to pay for it. It's like you, it's like that come to light moment. Like they're actually just here for you. Like mm. people are listening to the show because they like what you have to say they like being around you, right? It's like, that's right. It is that eye-opening moment when you're like, oh, I don't need this massive multi-million dollar facility. They're actually cool training in my garage with me, for me, you know? Tell me the Shane story. Like you're giving me some good answers, but I want to know like that <laughs> moment, like, yo, I'm going to be a personal trainer. Yeah. Like this is that moment. Were you in high school sports? Did you have like a, a, a health scare? Like what's that Shane story? Yeah. So uh, I grew up playing soccer um, right here in Sunbury. I uh, was a soccer player from like three years old all the way till I was 21. I played college soccer at Ohio Dominican. Oh, okay. Yep, down the street. Oh, nice. Um, studied exercise science over there. But really, I was like in my junior year and I was like, I don't know what I want to do with this degree still yet. Like all these like opportunities, they look pretty cool. I could keep doing schooling, be a nurse, be a PA, whatever I want to be. And I thought about that and I was like that just doesn't seem like it's right for me. Mm. Like the money seems good. This is cool. But like, I need more. I'm pretty ADD. So I'm like, well, how can I get around people like stimulation? How can I form relationships? Things like that. Um, thought about strength and conditioning. It's like, those are long days, like 5am to like eight at night when the last team finishes. That's not it. Not really good pay. Right. At least at first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, nah, nah, I'm good. And then uh, I talked to a personal trainer in my hometown. He was like, like, I'll sponsor you. I'll get you going. I'll buy your shirt for you. Mm. Like hired me. I think I was a junior in college at that point. Then 
started training my senior year, like towards the end of senior year. And then went to Lifetime Fitness, was there for like three, three and a half years. COVID, the one. Yeah, and I want to talk about the the transition. So that's that's cool. So you're you're uh I mean most most males that especially that play sports, whether it's soccer, football, most males that play sports in high school and then definitely going into college, D three, D two, D one doesn't matter. If you're not going professional in soccer or professional in football, whatever it may be, that's your identity your whole life. Right. And I think that's where uh, males in particular struggle is they lose their identity after high school, after college, after playing sports, and they go into the system. They go into the corporate system and they lose their identity, which ultimately leads to them not making any money. They get fat. They hate their life. Right. Right. And so that's why I believe brotherhood. That's why I believe, you know, young male entrepreneurs, we need to know each other and we need to help other people that are in that stage of their life. But ultimately it's keeping that identity or the identity evolving. So you're like, wait, I love soccer, but ultimately I love, I love my health and fitness and being able to run around and being able to, to work out. Oh, this interests me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also have that control as well. Right. Being a personal trainer. Yeah. What would you say, what have you done wrong in your personal training journey that you would have potentially done differently that someone listening in that is a personal trainer mm-hmm. or aspiring to be a personal trainer might be able to potentially avoid from your experiences of doing one thing wrong or maybe a couple things wrong? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, honestly, it's probably just, I mean, you're going to go through the learning curve and any profession, but I think it's like the biggest thing that I did and like helped me a ton was just finding a mentor in that field, somebody who's really good at what they do and just being like, dude, what did you do? Like, how are you where you're at right now? And how can I like do exactly that? Or how can I make it my own? But, you know, copy exactly what you're doing, make it my own. Yeah. And, and I'm always conflicted on this. It's like the idea of like, we don't need college anymore. Yeah. You can learn everything on YouTube university. You can watch podcasts, read the books. Right. Uh But I'm like, yeah, there's something about college though that you get from it. So I don't know. I'm just saying that my experience, I went to Ohio state. I eventually dropped out. That's just my experience because I knew there was a decision to make. I either stay or I leave and here's the pros and cons. So I decided to drop out. Yeah. So I'm going to be biased to say that yeah, you can totally drop out based on your circumstances and what you're trying to do in life. Right. I think it's the same with entrepreneurship. I think that is my, what I'm seeing from a distance that's going to be interesting to see unfold. I think Gary Vee said this, which at the time when he said it years ago, I'm like, I don't really know what you're saying. Now I get it. He said that entrepreneurship is sexier than what it really is. And also it's a quote unquote trend. So what, how I perceive that message from him, which that's definitely not word for word, but I go, yeah. oh yeah, what we're seeing is potentially these kids are going right into entrepreneurship, which who am I to say that that's bad? Right. It's circumstantial, but working for your mentor, mm-hmm. working at Lifetime taught you some business principles. It, it taught you things that you would have never learned 
and been able to implement here at the one in terms of how to actually run a business, yeah. how to actually handle your day and time management, uh, the clients to take on, not to take on. So like you said, it's getting that mentor. Yeah. Whether you're running a gym, personal trainer, or whether you want to get into real estate or whether you want to start a podcast is go, oh, wow. What took him 10 years, I can figure out in 10 minutes in a conversation. Right. And I think that's what I'm interested in is these online uh, models and or influencers that are these coaches and trainers, they may potentially screw themselves long-term by not understanding business principles, by not working that corporate yeah. and understanding marketing department, sales, clientele, time management, meetings, yeah. X, Y, Z. You can't. Yeah. I feel like it's tough. That's, that's a good point. Like I feel like coming out of school, I couldn't have just started my business and went for it. Cause it's just like, I built the relationships and I met the right people when I started that corporate. And that is ultimately those skills and those relationships, those clients, what helps me take that next step into being a, a real entrepreneur and not working for the big corporate box gym. Um, and it also goes back to college soccer. Like you're with the team. If things are going bad, like, what do you do? Do you throw on the towel? It's like, no, you're putting in the work right next to me too. We're both going to like embrace this. We're hitting the sprints. We're hitting the extra ways. It's like, it goes back to like those shitty moments and you like, like I said, putting your nose down and just going in. Why, why does the United States just ignore soccer? We're <laughs> like, just like, yeah, fuck soccer. You guys keep that over there and we're going to play. Hey, Messi's bringing it up though. Yeah. What's, what's going on with that? We have uh, the Beckham documentary, right? And I think he definitely shifted by coming to LA, right? Was it LA? Yep. He left, uh, yep. came to LA and then he obviously owns the Miami soccer team, right? Yeah. Uh, and then yep. he Rob brought Messi. Messi. What's going on there? Do you think soccer's coming over to the States? I think it is, man. I think it's making that, making the push. Um, yeah. Messi's coming over. They're bringing in a bunch of other studs and stuff, but it's insane. I saw a stat the other day. It's like the tickets and like sales for tickets and games are like at an all time high, like everywhere, like nationwide though, which is wild. Why? Uh, I mean, look at Jerry over here. Uh, he's got a Ronaldo tattoo. This man just got a tattoo of Ronaldo. So <laughs> that's how we really know it's changing right. the game. He's real. He's a real one. But why, why soccer? Like, why do you think, uh, you fell in love with soccer. Why do you think, do you think soccer is like the sport for? I mean, it's, it's always been, it's how I grew up. It was my brother. He did it. Everyone starts doing soccer at a young age, but mm -hmm. to me, it was just fun. It's like, you're just, you're running around, you're chasing this ball, but it's like, I don't know. It, all sports are good. I feel like, but there, you don't have the traumatic injuries of like football and all that. Dude, I hated Oh, I yeah. played, uh, I'm from like small town, Ohio yep. and my brother's two years older. So I was got like brought up and sometimes in practices and I was just like the short fat kid. Nothing's really changed. Unfortunately, maybe I can hit a workout here and change that. But yeah, dude, I remember just like, holy shit, you would get rocked when you're like fifth grade yeah. getting hit by like seventh graders or fourth grade getting hit by sixth grade. That's a big difference. Yeah. Big, big difference but it kind of got me into coaching like soccer and like mm. having that passion. I knew college soccer. I started coaching at a uh, crew for the crew. Oh, I would go okay. around, I would travel around and do their youth camps. So oh. like this summer, then we just had our first like soccer youth camp, which was fun. Oh. Um, 
but yeah, like coaching and just like giving back a little bit has always just been like a big passion of mine. Mm. And that's kind of what got me into it is just like giving back to people, building relationships, meeting good people. I feel like the gym and personal training bring all those aspects because mm. you're making people better. You're making people feel better. You're meeting great people. And then like, then through that is like when great ideas come up, different opportunities come up. Like I've had so many different opportunities pop up just through my clients and you know, what they're into like Jake, Jake introduced me to you. Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's great. I mean, yeah, it's a little how we're, we're yeah. here as one of your, your personal trainers for your gym also helps me with my business. Right. Yeah. Uh, so when, when that, There's two things that I tell people all the time that changed my life for the better, personally, professionally, financially. One, get a better barber and or get (laughs) multiple barbers because it's the same concept, right? It's like, yeah, you look good, feel good, get paid good. But also it's that one thing that we all need and don't believe me. Do y'all remember COVID? You guys remember trying to buzz your head in your own bathroom? I know I do. We're looking, people are looking burly out there. Yeah, looking, and or you're looking rough. And it's like that human connection, Yeah, right? It's like that one of the few things I think that we see in modern times that like you have another human. It sounds very weird. I'm aware of this, but you have someone touching your head, right? There's like that one-on-one contact, which is yeah. very, it's more rare these days, unless you go to the strip club every weekend, but <laughs> that's not me. Right. The second piece is the gym. Mm-hmm. have upgrade your gym and or have multiple gym memberships because it keeps your environment of people, places, and things exciting, different. And I know that if I'm coming here to the one fitness, I'm getting a specific type of environment, specific type of people doing certain things, going to certain places. So I think it keeps it fun and interesting. I'm sure you're biased. You're like, nope, cancel all your gym memberships, only come to the one fitness. Right, right. But you understand because it's exactly what you're saying. It's the networking I guarantee you, you've made your clients' lives better outside of just having them work out. You've connected them where they've done business. 100%. Where they are maybe best friends. They may, uh, their entire life has changed by just you being their quote unquote personal trainer. Right. It's like personal trainer, psychiatrist, best friend. It's like, it's like all wrapped into one thing. But yes, that's like, that's one of my favorite parts about it is like, if I know this business owner is looking for a GM, and I know she's hurting for money and I can connect those two or there's a cool opportunity that came up and I know that they've been looking for something. Like mm-hmm. I love connecting the dots like that. The ultimate connector. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's why I think everyone should uh, either be guests consistently on podcast and or they should start their own podcast show. It's yeah. like, if someone listens to this show, awesome. That's great. But in reality, it's like, oh, I want to know Shane. Yeah. And I want to know who you know, vice versa. Right. I know that this is helping both of us. It's, it's like a, the ultimate connector. It's, it's a platform. You're also like, I didn't sign up for the psychiatry shit, man. I don't care about what's going on in your household. <laughs> Do your squats. You're right. right. Do your I'm squats. Like, I saw this meme the other day. It was like, it's like a girl crying and she's telling her about like all her boyfriend troubles. And then it shows the trainer thinking, he's like, how do I tell her she's got 15 more burpees left? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, that's right. cute. Because if she doesn't do the burpees, then she goes home and like, that workout wasn't that good. Does Shane even care? I'm not going to pay him anymore. Right. You know? But if you don't listen to it's a it's an acquired skill, man. Like you have to learn to balance a lot of things going on and a lot of different um, 
stimulations and interactions. It's like, sometimes you're like, I don't even know what to say back to that, <laughs> but mm. you're just, but then you throw the burpees, you're like 15 burpees. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay, I don't give a fuck about your trauma. I'm going to give you some more trauma. Yeah. You're, 15 more burpees. You're like, I don't know what to say back to this problem, but uh, we got some more lunges to do. <laughs> you're like, all right, well, yeah, sometimes, uh, saying nothing at all. That's what I'm learning. Uh, doing even the podcast show is I got a lot of opinions and thoughts about things. My mind is running hundred miles an hour, but what I've learned in this process as well is eh, sometimes I don't need to comment on things or sometimes I just don't have an opinion. And I think that's a big problem that we have in modern society is yeah. we can be keyboard warriors where we can just comment on posts without any consequences. And in reality, that's not how the world has been for thousands and thousands and thousands or millions and billions, however long. Right. So sometimes just not saying anything at all that you believe in and or don't believe in. Um, I've found personally has been a little bit more helpful. If I feel like I shouldn't say something, Tyler Bassetti probably shouldn't fucking say something. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't put your foot in your mouth. So how have you balanced that? Like, are there some things that you've done? I think uh, it, it goes without saying, obviously working out, but like, are there some things that you have done as a young male entrepreneur with success, with the great clientele that's allowed you to keep that center and that balance uh, for yourself and for even maybe your clients? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to kind of, there's no like one quick fix for everybody. You know, it's not just, um, here's my price it's listed online and you've got to pay this. It's like, dude, like it, it goes back to, you know, clients, it goes to trainers. It's like everyone's situation is very unique. Mm. And if you just put that extra effort in and you can go like, oh, like I actually found out that this person is jobless, but they need this more than anybody in this gym right now. Like I'm going to help them because that's just my heart and what I can do for them. Mm. Like it, it goes outside of the money thing, which I think a lot of trainers and just entrepreneurs in general, they don't have that extra little like thought process where it's like, oh, well, actually, like, how can I genuinely just help this person mm. versus like, nope, this is the price. You can't pay it. I'm out. Sure. You know, like that, I think what really creates success in business mm. is that going the extra give a fuck and like showing the extra, you know, go the extra mile for him. And are you teaching your, uh, trainers this as well. So it's funny that you say that. Um, I had almost, I almost started a podcast, but, uh, I was just like, Oh, like, I don't know. I went back and forth for a while and you know, time's already tight for me. Cause I'm like yeah. training, going, doing like house calls. I'm trying to manage other trainers in here, memberships, all that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like, I teach them slowly, but it's like, it's hard because you know, coordinating with everyone's schedules, you know, there's only certain hours in a day. It's like you trying to teach everybody at one time. I need to do like, I need to, I need to exactly just scale this thing. It's like systemize well, it. Well, what would you say? Like if, uh, you know, Jacob or other trainers that are here, like, what would you, what would you tell them if they watch Not if when they watch us, cause we're going to force them. If not, <laughs> you're fired. No, right. Just joking. Yeah. But like, yeah, what are some things, uh, that you would share with them to be like, Hey, this is how you grow your book of business. This is how you uh, provide more value. This is how you make more money. Right. This is, this is that platform right now to maybe share that. And I think yeah. you made a great point of like, 
that's what I've learned the last year, dude, is it's crazy that you brought it up is, oh, wait, I don't need to sell this client on this cookie cutter coaching to help them yeah. grow personally, professionally, financially. I can see something that they may not even see. Yeah. So maybe I charge this person three grand, but this other person over here, I can charge 30 grand. Yeah. But in reality, I might be solving the same problem for both of them. It's just perceived value. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. And or the inverse of that. Like they think they need help on their uh, investments and getting access to capital, but I can see they really need to dial this other part of their life in. Right. So is that, is that like what you're essentially saying is like, Hey, if this client lost their job, they're tied on cash. I might just give them training sessions for free so they can keep their mind right. So they can yeah. go find that job and then they'll pay me or they'll right. refer me three people. hundred percent. It's like, or I know like having you in the gym gets Sally, Elizabeth, um, and Jill all in here because they love you and they're best friends yeah. with you and you kind of motivate them. It's like, why would I not help this person out to keep all of this running and functioning like how it should, you know? Mm. But yes, it does. It does go back to that. And it's like money will come, but ultimately, you know, how are you helping people and being good at what you do? Then the dollar bills will follow it. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's not always just thinking, can I make a buck? It's like, no, actually, okay, this person just told me this, you know, comprehend it to the best of your ability and do your best with it. And then the money will follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of cool ways you had listed off a couple, like doing house calls, maybe doing just online stuff, maybe giving a nutrition plan, maybe, you know, popping into the gym a couple of times a week. And then you go to their house on the weekends. I think there's just the opportunity to be creative, the opportunity to give the customer what they want. Mm -hmm. and or a blend of both. But I also think it's totally fine to say, no, here's my price and fuck off. Yeah. You know, right. like I think right. that's also okay too. 100%. Because also you can be a people pleaser and then you end up hating that client because you're like, well, you agree to it. Yeah. You know, so like I, you, you can bend, but if you break, like you can't bend over backwards and just please everyone. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many times I've had to let clients go because they're like, well, I need this time. I need this time. I need this time. I'm like, dude, there's only one of me. Like mm -hmm. I can't go to the gym from 5 a.m. till noon and then come back at four, five, do six, seven. Like, no way. Like that's not going to make me happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you then know, you so, end up having resentment. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, it's definitely like getting trainers to know that as well as like, you have to set parameters. You can give your best, do your best with it. But sometimes it's like, it's just out of your wheelhouse. You know, but then you refer it to somebody else and then they're grateful for it. So it's just always just kind of like, how do you keep it within the wheelhouse of people, but also like helping other people out? Absolutely. And I'm curious, let's talk on the, so let's, let's talk on like the, the process of opening this, this place, this place up, yeah. right? Like what was the business plan? I want you to, if you can share like a little bit more. Like, yo, Tyler, this is how the fuck it's gone down the last two years, right? Right. Like, we had this vision. Uh, you had mentioned that it was a, basically a shell of a building. that was right. just drywall, not even painted. Right. <laughs> just drywall, concrete. concrete floors. That's it. Yep. To we're sitting here right now, a couple of years later. Uh, my production team was like, yeah, this is a great gym. I've, been, I've even been here. It's packed on the weekend. And... Uh, what I find inter interesting is we're filming this in the middle of the day and no one's in here. Yeah. So I'm like, what the hell is their business model? Right. But right, then I right. see a, an event space over it. Like what's going on? 
Right. Let's unpack this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so honestly, starting, you know, from the ground up, we were like coming from this big box and this big luxurious gym. So we're like, how are we going to keep our clients happy and, you know, get them to follow us versus going back to the box gym? Obviously they're coming from something nice. Um, so we're like, all right, we got to create a nice gym. What's, what's kind of the trends right now? Oh, it's these like cool green walls. It's this cool sign. It's mm -hmm. like those little things that draw people's eye because people's attention spans are so short that it's like on social media, they see something cool. They're like, oh, where's this at? Click, click, mm -hmm. click, follow training inquiry. But it's like, it's getting those, you know, it's just basically differentiating differentiating yourself. Mm -hmm. so we're like, how do we be different as a gym? So that was a big component. How do we be different? A uh, aesthetic. I learned yes. that from my, my yes. fiance. You like that? Yeah. I got, right. Uh, yeah, we got the aesthetic. Yeah. So. Come on, bro. Look at this. Come <laughs> on now. But it's, you're totally right. Like what yep. you're, there's plants in here. It feels like a, you're definitely not in a, a lifetime fitness. You're not in a commercial gym. Yeah. You're saying box gym, like a commercial gym, yep, right? Yep, yep. It's it, Definitely in a Planet Fitness. No one offered me a Tootsie Roll when I walked in. Yeah, there's no purple machines here. No purple <laughs> machines. No one with the lunk alarm. Yep. But it got, it has like this uh, country club, but yet now we're here to train yeah. as well. And then the flip side of that is it's like, well, that's a fucking bodybuilding gym. That's a little smelly. Yeah, it was, yep. you know, <laughs> it was definitely like, we knew our demographic. It was like from like, middle-aged twenties to like house moms. It's like, how do we, and like, and also just entrepreneurs, high-end like people, how do we get those high-end clients in here? Yeah. Um, and it was just create a bougier, you know, space, a bougie gym. Yeah. Um, it was funny. One time I said that to somebody and I was explaining what the gym was and they were like, Oh, so it's a, it's a selfie gym. And I was like, yeah, look, he kind of is. It's like a content studio. Yeah. And that's, that's where uh, shout out to Aaron. And, and spark society. I'm going to have to plug him in here. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, bro, but it's, all right. it's a right. different demographic, but like, that's where I, I think he did a hell of a job was, um, you know, his story is interesting. He did a show with him. Great guy. Yeah. You guys should definitely connect as well. But he's like, yeah, one day I just look around and like people are like filming themselves and setting up tripods and, but that's, that's what people are doing now. People right. are online trainers and people uh, document their life. Right. And they post it as content and, and a big piece of that are those that are entrepreneurs, high performers that enjoy their, their health. It comes back to literally what we all know, which is like the tribal stuff. You love soccer. Well, this is like the new soccer team, right? People want to feel a part of something. Yeah. And so they say, well, I go part there of a fitness, part of a community, a cool space, a cool gym, you know, mm -hmm. but it's also, it's all those like-minded individuals kind of talked about that off camera, but it's like, why do people go to the gym? It's to feel better, to look better, you know, mm -hmm. stress relief. It's like your one hour of the day that you can just dedicate to you outside of your job, outside of your boyfriend or girlfriend, your family. It's that one hour for you to feel better. It's also, it brings all those people together. So it's like, all right, this community of like-mindedness. And then we also have great trainers, We've got like 14 trainers in here that are all amazing. But yeah, it's the same thing for them. Like we're all very similar. We all get along. There's no like egos in this gym, which a lot of times you run into that at the gyms. How do you, um, okay. So you, you said, all right, we want this aesthetic. We want this like vibe when you come in. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, 
the plants, the cool little lights that pop up. Uh, if you guys are watching the video of the podcast, the background is dope. So go, go check out the video piece of this. <laughs> uh, so you, you had this aesthetic because your demographic, your client avatar that you're pursuing are those that are young professionals between this age to, you know, 40. And we're going after this target market. Yeah. And this may not be for everyone, but it is for someone within this target market, Yeah, which is great. Now let's talk the, how did you decide like membership route, having 14 trainers? Yeah. Uh, how did you design that piece out? So actually, uh, it's funny. I used to train at uh, Eddie Sang's gym, training yeah, grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, in Dublin. So that was when I first started to like, just touch on entrepreneurship and like learn from some of those guys over there. But uh, Eddie was, he was one of the first to kind of do the, the salon loft or gym, you know, entrepreneur model where people just come in, rent and train their clients. Mm. There's no like structure to it. It's, it's basically an open space for trainers to run their business out of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was there for probably like a year, year and a half maybe um, while I was at Lifetime. And uh, he kind of opened my eyes to the model. And then, but I always knew what I didn't like. You know, you walk in somewhere, you're like, oh, I love this, this, and this, but this isn't very good. And that always kind of stuck in my head. What did you not like? Let's talk shit about Eddie. Sorry, Eddie. I love you. (laughs) I know. Basically, it was just, it went back to the differentiator. Like, here is clean. It smells good. Mm -hmm. Um, It's light and bright. There's windows everywhere. Mm -hmm. Versus most gyms. Like you said, are stinky, like they're dark, they're dark, dingy. There's colors everywhere, red, black, purple. Like mm-hmm. here we wanted it clean, nice, like smells good, just different than that, than the regular gym. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It kind of reminds me of coming back to the aesthetic of even what we've seen in clothing. Like people, uh, like we're, people went away from like the, the logos, like yeah. you were cool if you had the Hollister. Yeah, it was like yeah. all across your chest or Abercrombie. The moose. But then they, yeah, the moose, right? Like, yo, you ain't cool if you ain't popping that collar. Jerry, you don't know about popping collar days. Collar pop. But they removed that, right? And they kept it more plain, clean, simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hear what you're saying. That's that's a, a great piece. You liked his model, which, just joking, Eddie. He was actually on the show. Great guy. Super, right, right. super intelligent. It. it was great. Yeah, he's a good dude and love what he's doing. But you're like, oh, wait. I don't need to go hire these trainers and put them on a salary or like be breathing down their neck of commissions and close these people. That's another thing about those commercial gyms is like you're going to Lifetime and you got fucking Cheryl and Jim over here trying to sell you on personal training. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, look at me. I'm fucking built more savage than you. You're right. Come you're on like, now. Like, don't you sell me don't shit. You, yeah, I should train <laughs> you. Uh, so that, that model of, uh, which by the way, is very risky though to like, have 14 people, 14 trainers, yeah. uh, potentially affect your business from their business. Cause right. these trainers, they are business owners and they're using your business, your space to train their clients. So if they are loud, obnoxious, they just don't fit the vibe. Yeah. Uh, maybe their clients don't, they're disrespectful. They don't put the weights away. Yeah. How do you handle that expectation? How do you keep yeah. that in check? Cause I'm sure not all of them, I'm sure you had to fire some of them and tell them, Hey, you can't come here anymore. Right. Right. It definitely, it's, uh, 
we handpicked like a lot of the trainers that are in here. Like I sat down with, I always sit down with every trainer that wants to come in or like inquires about coming here. Mm. Um, I don't want it to be just the, the Joe Schmo at Planner Fitness trainer. It's just, you want to maintain that, that high level. And I feel like we've done that and we've got 14 great trainers in here. Some of them are full-time, some of them are part-time, but also it's like those part-time trainers. It goes back to the cookie cut. There's no cookie cutter answer. So like some of the part-time trainers, I'll pay them to go and train some of my sessions or I'll have a, a client that wants a one-on-one and I don't want to do that hour, but I know that they want more clientele, more training hours. So I'm like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. you can come over here with um, Leah or Elizabeth or Mary, like one of our other trainers and you're helping them out, right? What's like a, I guess, what's a deal breaker? For trainers? Yeah, like what would be like, don't do this, this, and this. And the reason why I ask that is like somebody that has a gym or somebody that's uh, on the inverse of this. Yeah. Uh, like, I think this, what I'm saying is this model, I think is a great model for a gym, mm-hmm. which you have a gym, specific aesthetic that's going towards a specific client avatar, but yet technically, technically you're not the one that has to fill the space. Technically your clients, in my opinion, are the 14 trainers, not the 400 people that pay to train here. So you're kind of right, kind of wrong because everyone in the door pays a gym membership fee. Okay. So everyone pays a membership fee just to be a part of the gym. Okay. Right. So there's a gym membership, $29.99 a month. Everyone that comes through the door, even if they want to train with you or me, everyone's paying that gym membership fee. Mm -hmm. And then trainers are paying rent. Okay. Right. So they're renting the space from us. Their clients are paying just to be a part of the gym and then so on. And you can't just come train yourself, right? You have to have a trainer. You have to have a trainer. And or a class. I see you guys do classes as well. Yeah. So a lot of our our trainers are like small group. Mm -hmm. There's still private sessions as well, but it's either privates, small group, or you can jump into like a, a bigger class, right? And what are your hours? Cause I'm, I'm definitely confused how there's not people in here working out. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's just the, the traffic times that come with the territory. So it's early before work and then post work in the evenings. So a lot of times during the day, we'll do different stuff like this. People will do shoots, content shoots, um, do, you know, post a meeting, whatever it might be. But during the time it's dead, that's when we kind of tapped into event space. Mm. So when this place isn't training, we made it so everything's on wheels. We can move the benches, the rowers, the skiers, and it's just a good looking space, right? So it's no longer a gym then. It's just a good looking space that people can come in. We posted a ton of birthdays, different like uh, corporate events, things like that. where People will just come in and it won't look like a gym anymore and they can just rent it. Yeah, I like that because... Uh you probably learned when people are training from the previous ventures that you were in at Lifetime, right? Uh, from the first space that you're at, uh, and and let's face it, like you said, it's usually people in the morning before work and then after work. Yeah. So why would you try to fill your day getting a couple people in the train? And we both know, like, if there's four hour block and you got like two people for an hour kind of like, you're not going to really get anything done the hour before and really anything the hour after. Right. Like just human nature, yeah. the transition time. But if it's blocked off for four or five hours, you're like, 
yo, personal trainer or business owner, this is when you can create your content, when you can do your workout, when you can do outreach for your business, when you can do X, Y, Z, but for you being the gym owner, you're like, oh, that's when I can maybe rent out the space over right. here for people to do to photo do shoots, content, you mm. know, cool podcasts. Yeah, yep. that's right. <laughs> that's right. But uh, yeah, it's just, you just slowly learn those things. But yeah, I mean, the gym opens whenever trainers want to start their day, their work day. So we have some trainers start at 5 a.m. Some trainers come in at 9 a.m. Like it's very different, but it's on you when you want to work those hours. And when is it uh, closed off? Is it? So it's technically never closed. We're always open. We're always cooking, baby. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's really like somebody could be in and they could be training a client in an hour right now. But th is this blocked off for the show right now? Yeah. I just put it in the group chat with all the trainers. Like, yeah. Hey, we got a VIP hour here. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's coming into town. Right. He goes by Tyler Bossetti, but. We're, we're in here. Right. <laughs> That's dope. And what, what events you had mentioned, like birthdays, uh, some corporate events, who would use this space and rent out this space? Like who's like your ideal avatar there? Cause that, that seems like a whole, I mean, clearly a whole other business model. Yeah. A whole different avenue, but it's, um, we've done birthdays. We've done little kid birthdays. People just had a bounce house in here last weekend. Oh, like, so it's just, it gives you the versatility to come in here and, we don't have a ton of like guidelines and boundaries where you can't just put a bounce house in a restaurant and, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's cool things like that, that people can, uh, can come in here and experience and try out whatever they want to do. But yes, it's very different birthday parties. We've had, um, online coaches host big meetups here. Mm. Um, we've hosted different videography shoots, photography shoots. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, I like that for the ability to have like some of my members in my community or some of my clients uh, being able to do, I think what is super impactful is uh, like mastermind events yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. that you see where people go to like the Hilton hotel and you're sitting in that conference room. I think that's yeah. like a, a dying off sector of business. Whereas I think what's way more impactful is instead of trying to fill up a room with a hundred people, maybe you just have 10 higher paying clients that you can go way deeper with and solve that one problem they really need solved or just share more of a better experience by saying, yo, I'm going to book out that space. I'm going to go through like a formal presentation with them. We're also going to hit a workout and might do a podcast show with all 10 of them. Right. I think that's like the modern day flow of a mastermind. Yeah. Like diving deeper into those things, having better conversations, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Shane, what's one thing that people may not know about you that they would find interesting? Shoot. That's a good question. You might have stumped me on that, bro. <laughs> we'll circle back. We'll, we'll circle, circle back. We'll circle back. <laughs> Messi or Ronaldo? Who's uh, better? I got to go Ronaldo just because he played for my team, Manchester United. Oh, Red Devils. <laughs> Jerry's cheesing. He's cheesing. Look at that tat, baby. Look at that tat. <laughs> Not Messi, huh? Ronaldo? I don't know. I like Messi better now, but Ronaldo used to play for the for the Reds, so. Yeah, their story is crazy. And Ronaldo, that man's getting paid. Oh, yeah. Both are getting They're paid. They're both getting paid. Holy shit. Right. I'll just take a little bit of that contract. It'll be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> I'll, uh, shit. 
list it. I might consider it depending on the amount. <laughs> list it yeah, on list. Craigslist. Yeah. Job opening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll apply. <laughs> Why do you think having a business partner when you started the One Fitness was a good idea? Because let's face it having a business partner is very, very difficult for many reasons. Yeah. But why do you think that was a good decision for you considering that you had a good book of business and you had experience? Mm -hmm. What made that decision for you to go, yes, I need a business partner in opening this concept. There's a few different pieces of it, but basically my business partner, Brian had been in the industry for 20 some years. Um, I was younger in it. But he brought a lot of, I mean, he was known. So he brought all his clientele in. He brought his just, he's flipped houses and things. So he knew budget wise, you know, how to do things on the cheap, get things done for cheap. Um, but I also brought the, the younger kind of mind to it and the younger ideas, the social media. How do we tap into these demographics, hosting events, getting new people in? So it was a really good dynamic for the, for the partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, every, I don't think anyone says any relationship is always easy. Mm-hmm. You know, your girlfriend, whoever it might be, there's always going to be um, the ups and downs. But if you're in it with somebody that you love and, you know, respected and you both are in the industry for a while and bring different things to it, like it's very beneficial. But then the other thing is obviously starting the gym, we didn't take any loans out. So coming from COVID, we paid our full first year lease like in advance because the commercial real estate was down. Mm. So we paid everything in advance, paid it off. And then we just signed a one year. We're like, hopefully this thing works. So then at the end of the year, then we re-upped because it was working. It grew quick. Um, but then we re-upped the big boy lease then. But yeah, it was like, we weren't sure it was going to work. Yeah. We had an idea, but then it really started working. Trainers started coming in, clients were in. Um, and then it was kind of backtracking, like, shit, how do I systemize this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're still kind of working through that, but now it's like, we have front desk workers. We have more trainers in here that can take on clientele. So it's not all on me and Brian mm-hmm. to do everything. Yeah. Usually all we're talking about, man, in life, especially businesses, time and money. Yeah. Cause you start listing off all these things like stress and this and that and systems mm-hmm. and that you're like, oh, you're just talking about time. Or you're talking about the stresses as a result of having a lack of time and or lack of money and or both and or uh, sometimes it actually could be an excess of both, right? Trading time for dollars. That's right. And then ultimately trading dollars for time. Yep. So it's finding that balance as you grow. So I would, I would actually personally argue to say that not getting other people's money, getting a loan potentially could have been a negative and here's why. I believe that other people's money and other people's time is the ultimate way to to scale. And depending on what risk that you have attached to using other people's money, uh, it could be potentially in your best interest. Essentially what I'm saying is using the bank's money at 0% through the business entity, whether through its 0% uh, credit card or a line of credit. Sure, you might still personally guarantee that. So if it fails, sure. But- you're not burning through that cash that first year. Right. Whereas you could have used that cash to deploy towards marketing, deploy towards equipment, whatever it may be, fill in the blank. Right. Um, so I personally, I would argue that that cash could have been potentially invested uh, better, but who right. am I to say, because that 
might've put you subconsciously in a position where we have to fucking figure this out. There's no choice. Yeah. You know, we, we're, holy shit. I just spent every penny in my bank account. I have to fucking do this. I have to succeed. Right. Would you argue that? Yeah. I mean, I think definitely comes to, there's something worth like, if you put a skin in the game, like you're a little bit more bought into that. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you're going to pay a little bit more attention to it. You're going to do like those extra details to make sure that this thing's going to work out. Mm. But you know, if we weren't even sure it was going to work out, I pulled out this massive bank loan. Like that's the one downfall. I feel like not having partners is like, it's all on you. Everything's on you. Like if it fails, it's you. You don't split time management up. You're not like delegating tasks. It's everything's on you. Mm-hmm. But there's both ways. It goes both ways. And, and so uh, what'd you guys do? Did you guys sign like a five-year lease then or would you? Yeah, we hit, um, so we did a one and then we signed another three after that. So you're coming up two and a half. We're like two and a half in right now. Oh, okay. So about a year and a half, you have to sign another, yeah, another lease. Okay. Yeah. So what's, what's next for, actually, how did you, how did you choose the name? One, the one fitness? <sighs> Me and Brian, we were just throwing around random, <laughs> random, uh, names. I forget. He threw out some goofy ones and I no, dude, like, that's not it. That's not it. Like, I think I, I think I was like, that's not the one or something just like bullshit. And, and he was like, he's like the one. And it was like this come to Jesus moment. Like, oh, maybe that's it. Oh, okay. Right. What, uh, what's next in this, uh, play for you guys? Are you guys, is the one fitness going to be a franchise across Columbus, Ohio, the country? Are you guys going to do and drop merch? Are you guys going to build out a second location, you know, or what's next? Yeah. Um, I think there's a, there's a ton of opportunities, man. We've had a couple, um, a couple builders come to us, you know, wanting us to come into the space. Mm. Um, so we're kind of looking at that. We'll see. So there could be a second one in the works. We'll see, but, uh, right. Keep it quiet. Secret. secret. But, uh, yeah. So we'll see about that. Um, real estate's always been an interest of mine. I've always had had roommates for years and years and years paying my mortgage for me. Finally just kicked all of them out. My house is remodeled because of it though. Um, so I might Airbnb that. Um, it's really just what avenue kind of I want to go down. But uh, I definitely want to capitalize on the brand and what we've built here. So Yeah, that that's um that's a good point that you actually bring up. It gives me have you been to Equinox before? Yeah. Equinox gyms. Yep. That's what this gives me is like a a more less commercialized Equinox. Yeah. Uh, that's where it's like real estate 101, which is location, location, location. Mm-hmm. And when you're going to go travel somewhere and, or you want to, in my personal opinion, select the best Airbnb, or you want to buy the best real estate in the best location. Well, let the, the successful companies figure it out for you. Right. Where, where's a Starbucks? Right. Where's an Equinox? So as you said, builders have came to you. I go, ah, where the world is going in the United States is this community feel where you build townhome structure, apartment structure. Yeah. And that's the gym you go to. And then yeah. the food spots are around you. You don't really leave this like one mile radius or five mile radius, right. at least here in central Ohio and Columbus for sure. Right. So is that what you guys are kind of weighing the options on is having like this type of style set up at like a Dublin bridge park, let's say for those yeah. that are, familiar with Columbus, right? Like that. Sure. 
hey, this is where I live. This is where I work because I work more virtual. I go to the office, which is right down the street and or downstairs. This is where literally everything is. Yeah. Is that? I would love to have just kind of, so the one fitness, but it's just different branches of it. So it's like, maybe this is our like hub, like our flagship location, the big one where you can do podcasts, you can do photo shoots, you can go, it's all personal training, but then maybe you go to an apartment complex and it's maybe just a, a bougie gym, but it's member 24 hours. And then maybe you go over here and it's all classes. Maybe it's like an orange theory, it's that one fitness, but it's always mm. branded our way. Mm. And it, and it always comes back to like our roots and what we do. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. And, uh, what have you guys, what were some hurdles along the way? You said that, you know, this was a blank shell. So you guys were painting the walls. You guys were, uh, you know, just all in. You you use your cash to get this thing up and going. Yeah. But as the business has grown, because you said that you guys crushed it year one. Yeah. Um, you know, like what are some things that people may not know? that went on behind the scenes. Cause I doubt it's been perfect. Right. Right. Far from it. Far from it. Um, I mean, there's, there's been like from what we'll color the turf we want, like, like the initial, like setting up of this spot We're like, how can we make the most from the least amount? Like, how can I, you know, pack the most people in this spot in as little space as possible, mm-hmm. but it's still, the sickest vibe in all of Columbus. Like, how can you do that? Like, and make trainers happy, make clients happy. And it's very unique. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we literally like thought through like, oh, there's like, there's D rings in all of the windows. So you can loop bands to those. You can do that. You can do like, yeah. So everything in here, we made multifunctional, which people don't always understand because like you'll see things on wheels. It's like, oh, you can wheel out every single skier, every single row, every bench. Mm. But we are like, well, we want this to be able to like, not really look like a gym sometimes too. So everything's on wheels. Is that pretty profitable? The other stuff that you guys are doing, which is allowing uh, videographers, production teams to come in here and film with their clients and or for people to host events or birthday parties. Is that, has that been more profitable than anticipated? For sure. I mean, I didn't even think people would, come into a gym and like want to rent space really. Mm-hmm. But then once it started going and got built and then you see it, it's like, Oh, this doesn't even really look like a gym. This just kind of looks like a bougie spa or something like a bougie space. Yeah. It's been weird, but it's always like when you put your energy into that, then it starts to like flow more. So it's like mm-hmm. if you host an event or you like, maybe you like sponsor an event just to get people in here, then it's like, Oh, inquiries start to come in about that. Yep. But if I put my energy towards bringing in a new trainer, then those start to flow. So it's like, it's basically systemizing, getting people in here to do that for me. Put the energy into this for me. Put the energy into this for me. Get new trainers, host events, do that, but systemize it all. So I'm not the one doing all the calls. I'm not the one putting all the energy into it, you know? Yeah. And I think what you've done a heck of a job, dude, is like the branding. Because there's a difference between marketing and branding. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but branding is how you feel. Yeah. It's like the aesthetic, like, oh, this, yeah. you, you feel a certain way when you walk in. Yeah. It's the smell. It's the initial, what's your initial reaction to this place, right? When you walk in 10 seconds in, you know, 
Yeah. And then there's the marketing side, which is, uh, how do I capture the audience attention to sell them and, or the marketing sells them to get that brand experience. Mm -hmm. So maybe just share a little bit on that process, like how you guys have executed on the branding, how you've executed uh, on the marketing side, because it's easy to say how you want your idea, the brand to feel and look and yeah. and smell and touch and taste, but right. it's a whole different story to like combine that with the marketing and yeah. actually execute on it. Honestly, it's pretty crazy because like, Whenever I go, you probably do the same thing, but whenever I go somewhere or I experience something really good or I hear something really good, it always sticks with me and I'll like put it in my notes or something, mm -hmm. but it's that you, you do it too, right? Yeah. I'm laughing because I, bro, the amount of 100%. notes I got on my phone is crazy. I want to write shit down and notes and yeah. I'm like very new school and very like old school with things. It's weird. Yeah. Like the new pen feature on the notes, it's like yeah. all my to-do list and yep. it's like idealist, yep. but you got those things pinned up there. Yeah. It's just like. I think I watched, what is it? White Hot on Netflix is about Abercrombie. Ah, okay. And Abercrombie was like the shit for a while. It was like, you, it's like, oh, if you're not wearing it, like, what is that? What are you wearing? But it's like, when you walked into Abercrombie, it's like the smell. They got the shirtless dudes, like surfer guys out front. It's like loud music. It's this, it's that. But it's like, yeah. Yeah, right? But it's like here, you want the exact same. It's like, Okay, how do we do that? But with the gym, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like when you walk in, it smells refreshing. Mm -hmm. It looks different. The vibe is great. All the trainers are like high-fiving other clients. They're hyping people up. The music's yeah. great. But I think that goes back to the brand of what we built, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, but that wouldn't have happened if I was like, hey, you can come be a trainer here. You can come be a trainer here. Like, doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, but it's like, it's, oh, they'll pay double to bring their clients here and I can make an extra couple thousand a month just on this one trainer. But yeah, but if their vibe that, is all off. Like yeah. Their vibe is different than what, you know, our vision is. Mm -hmm. Is there like a set of questions you ask them? Is there, is it like intuition? Just like kind of gut feeling? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm just a very like, I don't know. I just like to read the room a little bit. So mm -hmm. that just goes back to just like, me just being natural around you. Like, can I connect with you and just going back? But I'll also, like, I give trainers like a free week in here normally. So I'll be like, come in. Yeah. Come in. Just try it out for a week. See how it goes. See how you like it. Mm -hmm. And then we'll talk about it after that. Yeah, so yeah. then they'll come in. I get to see them train. I get to see how they interact with people. Obviously that's outside of the, like me sitting down with them Q and a type stuff. But yeah, you get to see them actually, no matter what they said, you get to see them actually doing it how they interact with people. It's like a job interview, like the job interview, you're all uptight. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. But once you start the job, you find us, find your swagger and you're like, yeah. interactions different. Right. Yeah. When you get a new job, you, uh, wake up on time, you pack your lunch the night before you set your clothes out. Yeah. Week two, you're like, Oh, my life still sucks. You woke up like five minutes late. Woke up five minutes late. Hair's a little messy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Not me though. Cause I got that. Now, look at that fresh cut. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Actually, I got like hair going everywhere, but <laughs> no, it comes back to literally how you got your clients. Mm -hmm. You're like, yo, this, this uh, person kind of fits a client avatar. They're around this age doing these kind of things. And I can literally creep on their life through social media. Yeah. Right. And, or they just, I'm going to, and, or maybe I'm wrong, but I won't know if I'm right or wrong unless I get around them. 
Yeah. And so it's, it's like a real, uh, experience like, yeah, trainer, like, I mean, seems legit, but they come in here and you can, ju- yeah. you can just feel it and see it. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? How they carry themselves, how they're interacting with their clients. Are they on their phone the whole time? Like, dude, you're not a trainer in here. If you're like rolling up and you're like flip flops and like you're on your phone the whole time, you're going Instagram, like that ain't the one. Yeah. Yeah. You but ain't the one fitness. The one. You're right. They're just maintaining that high level. I think just goes down. It just from the top up, it's like setting mm-hmm. the example from the top. Yeah. You know, it's me showing you like, like this is one hour and I'm going to give these clients like a bomb ass hour. Yeah. 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 So then, but if Mikey sees that or you see that, then you're like, your shit's not better than mine. I'm gonna yeah, train. I'm gonna yeah, do that. Yeah. Like it's like it's it's a healthy competition here. Everyone's like on their game, confident, you know, and we're all doing our thing in our own way, but we're kind of competing a little bit. Sure. Friendly competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it's again coming back to the the barber in the gym thing. It's it's like one of my buddies that has a barber shop. If his chair is not fully booked with clients back to back to back to back, but he's breathing down the other barber's neck in the shop telling them to get more clients, get more clients or to charge more or whatever. It's like, well, you just got to lead by example. It's pretty obvious. We all know that, yeah. but you don't know unless you give them a free chance. Yeah. Are you leaning on any, uh, like, do you have like a right-hand person here? You know, do you have someone that you can, like a COO, right? Like a, a chief operating officer that's helping you with the systems, you're running things by them. Like, hey, what do yeah. you think about that person? Or, you know, I, I like, it could be your significant other, right? I right. don't know. It could be. Oh, 100%. But do you have like a right-hand person you can turn to? It's kind of everyone in here. It's like, um, we're all creative people. We're all entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? It's just different levels. Like I own the gym, but Jake owns a great personal training business, but we both are creative minds. So like I might throw something off them and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, like, oh, that's sick. But that idea kind of sucks. Maybe change it out with this. I'm like, Oh, good idea. Like maybe yeah. I should do that. So like, we're kind of doing it right now. with like a 60 day challenge. So like going into the new year, I'm like, what part do you want to own for the 60 day challenge? What part do you want? So we're all involved with it. Mm. And I think that's kind of unique to us. Cause I don't think many gyms really give a shit about their trainers. It's like, like, oh, we're going to do this and this is how it is. Abide by the rules. Yeah. 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 You know, we're kind of like a family in here, which is cool. What, what is a, the 60 day challenge that the one fitness is doing? So we're in the works of making it right now, but, um, and this is going to be launched at the first of the year. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it'll definitely be some type of probably male, female category. And we'll just do like a transformation category, probably like body fat percentage, mm-hmm. weight loss. And it's, you know, biggest percentage loss, something like that. Um, but there might be some that aren't just total physical changes. Maybe we might do like some mental stuff too. Um, set goals. Did you achieve it? Mm. You know, that are outside of just, did you lose weight? Did you put on muscle? So a little task. So it could be cool. Are you guys doing anything on the spiritual side, such as like meditation, breath work, yoga classes, stuff like that? Yeah. We'll probably do like some pop-up classes. Mm. Um, so that's one thing too, is like we're throwing in just different classes that you can go and try out or get an extra workout in that we don't normally offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll do stuff like that. It's like pop-up workout, come try it out with the trainer that you don't normally work out with. You go and do it and whatever, you might get a point for it or something. You might have a point category. Who knows? Oh, okay. 
what is the benefit for the members? Like, is there a, uh, a point system where like they book X amount of training sessions, they get 10% off. Um, yeah. Maybe not right now, but you guys are considering it in the future. Yeah. So we do have uh, an app booking system. Okay. You book all your, your classes that you take. Nice. Your sessions. And uh, yeah, when you scan in, basically it just shows like, all right, um, they completed the class. So maybe that's a point. Mm-hmm. And whoever has the most classes attended at the end of it, you know, maybe that's a different category winner. Yeah. I think, I think you got something there. People like challenges. Um, you know, it's friendly competition accountability. It's why like 75 day hard is, you know, blew up. Yeah. Um, but I think you guys doing like the one fitness challenge or, or something along those lines could be super impactful yeah. that obviously approaching beginning of the year, depending on, the audience when they're listening to this, it'll the show up. I go live like early December at the latest, but uh, I like that. And then also it holds your, your, your team accountable as well, but then it's also rewarding uh, your clients. But as far as like sprinkling in some other ventures in here, I definitely foresee, I like the spirit. I think spirituality and optimization longevity. I think that is one of the biggest opportunities uh, in the health and wellness space, whether it's you guys doing pop-ups for like, uh, psychiatrist, uh, maybe right. integrating like psychedelics and uh, informational stuff. Um, I think that there's a huge upside. We're already seeing it with like sauna, cold plunge, breath work classes, right. yoga, just more of that aspect versus just coming here and, you know, get your workout and uh, doing a workout. Yeah, yeah. Just different type of work. Yeah. Definitely incorporate, you know, the mental side too. How do you look? How do you feel? How are you performing? And then recovery side, it's, it's all intertwined. I think those are the big things now you see where like uh, hot and cold plunges, those studios opening up the recovery style studios. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see like the group fitness studios, system of strength, orange theory, all those studios. But yep. it definitely comes back to like holding people's attention. People are so quick to just change up like, Oh, you know, I think this workout's better now. I'm going to do this, this like, but that I think how you get past that is the relationship side. Mm. When you, when you interact with people and you form a relationship and you show you actually give a shit, people aren't really going to go anywhere. It's like you're friends, but you're also, you're training, you know? Yeah. That's what's probably so tough, right? Of like considering that second location and the scaling piece of all this is like, yeah. okay, do we just add these additional things here? Yeah. Yoga, breath work. Do we bring in a sauna, cold plunge? Do we do pop-ups like that? Because you can also dilute yourself. Yeah. Like if you go and open up a second location and no matter if it's, you know, a second location within central Ohio, if you guys go do a pop-up in Dublin, mm-hmm. right? Well, maybe some of your clients will start going there and, or like the vibe is not exactly like this exact location that could turn them off. So yeah. they say, oh, well, dang, I'm it's actually going to just go to orange theory now or system of strength and, or one of the, the trainers at, these other locations, these other commercial and or franchise type business models, they came to that person's class. They wanted to come to to, to Mrs. Smith's class or yeah. Mr. Smith's class. Well, if he moves or he goes and works at a different franchise or yeah, they whatever follow it may be. him or they want him there. Yeah. So So if I try to step back from training, you know, or my clients they're in a fit. But I'm like, well, I'm trying to build the second location, like you know, so it is definitely a fine line of you can't just 
dip out and just abandon everyone. Yeah. Nor would I want to do that. But yeah, there is a fine line, like a teetering. But I think everyone that I've we've brought in, you know, everyone loves everyone in here. All the clients love every trainer. But there's that like I want you type mentality, of course. Yeah. But why would a trainer train here if if they're if a if a personal trainer is not happy mm-hmm. where they're at, whether it's lifetime fitness, right, any type of gym, if it's yeah. a commercial gym or a mom and pop gym, why should a personal trainer consider transitioning their business here to the one fitness? I don't think there's anything like it really in Columbus. Uh, Eddie was kind of the only one that started it at training grounds. And then we kind of did a similar model. Um, but you're not really going to find anything that's like specifically like the salon loft style. That's like personal trainer paying rent. They run their own business out of it. And then you also get the unique vibe of the gym as well. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get this vibe anywhere else in Hilliard, Dublin, Pout, like anywhere else, unless we go in and put our stamp on it. Cause it's just what we've built is like the music, the trainers are great. The, clientele is great. They feel special because it's like high end luxury, you know, and people want to feel, they want to do things that are nice. You know, they want to treat themselves to the, the nice purse, the nice shoes. Like people want to feel like they're special and you're doing something cool that other people aren't doing. So I think that kind of gives like the exclusive component here as well. Mm-hmm. You, pay to, you pay to be a member and then you go into this cool gym, you got cool trainers in here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I would argue to say that not everyone wants that, right? Like yeah. you're saying your experience, my experience, yeah. we like that to be a piece and or the people mm-hmm. that the trainers that want to be surrounded by that, the mm-hmm. clients of the trainers that want to be a part of a gym that has that different experience, right? Yeah. Not everyone, right? Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. But very that, niche. Yeah. It's very niche and, and or just integrate it within what you're already doing. I'm curious to hear, I think we're, Uh, you can have my back on this, why I always talk about the value of the barber in the gym, right? Uh, What are some cool stories that you've heard from trainers that, you know, train their clients here and or the client stories and or maybe some of your clients? Like, have you had clients meet each other at the gym and now they're married? Have you heard uh, like business deals and money that's been made? Um, I'm curious to hear like those success stories of trainers. They were making X amount of money. Yeah. Now they're making this or their life got better and they fixed their relationship or share some of the, I think that's what entrepreneurs and business owners don't talk enough about. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been a ton of training, like all the trainers in here pretty much were at a different location before this, but everyone who I've talked to and we've brought on is like, Oh, like my clientele is like doubling. Like people love it here. They love Mm. You know, the exclusivity of it. They love the vibe of it. It's different, you know. So they're they're growing their business, which obviously grows our business. But that's that's amazing. How we've brought in, we've brought in a lot of like, kind of like influential people in here. Um, so we brought in like Braxton Millers. We brought in um, Paris Campbell. We brought in some Buckeyes, things like that. Um, and then, so you bring in big people like that and then, like Tyler that, Rossetti and the All yeah, for Nothing Tyler podcast, Rossetti, cool show. podcast. You know. and then that that word kind of spreads too. It's like, oh, well, they're they're bringing in these celebrities that are cool or Columbus celebrities, big names. Um, but yeah, it's like 
it's kind of bringing in those factors that you're doing something different with it. And how did you get uh, these influential people in here that have, I mean, really what you're saying is attention, yeah. influence, right. audience, like, yeah, you know, if you're in Columbus, Ohio and you like the Buckeyes, yeah, uh, did not plan this, by the way, if you guys are not watching, I'm wearing a, a Ohio State, uh, like sweater or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's Braxton Miller. Yeah. He's a legend player at Ohio State. Right. Love or hate him don't really matter. But how did you, how did you uh, convince him to come check out the gym? I think he followed somebody that was training here. Mm. Um, and then he like liked a picture or something on our page. And then I posted like, oh, it was him and his number one jersey. That's what mm. it was. I was like, oh, it's a one connection. That's what it was. Uh, and then I, uh, he like, liked the picture then that I posted. Then I reached out. I was like, we got to get you in, come try it out sometime. Then he was like, I got you. He goes to me a couple of times. <laughs> he was like, he's playing hard to get, but he goes to me a couple of times. And then, uh, finally he came in and he loved it. But I think with those athletes and some of those people that were like getting those ball buster workouts through college and athletics and like, whether they did powerlift, whatever it might've been. I think some people think that trainers are just going to wreck them when they come in. Cause like, Oh, he's a football star. Like he's used to these workouts mm -hmm. and trainers think like, Oh, he wants to feel like he just got wrecked when really no, he just wants to look better and feel better. He doesn't want his old college workout. Yeah. So it's, it's, it comes back to like reading the room, knowing your clientele, but like, yeah, he did, he doesn't want to come in here and have chains and three twenty five on the bar. Like, no, that's not his goal right now. Yeah. That's like, that's it right there. He's like, yeah, of course I want to be accountable and show up to the gym and do a good workout and not have to think about uh, what I'm doing today in the gym. Cause that's also like, you get analysis paralysis of what you're wearing, what dinner you're going to have today. Uh, the workout that you're going to do, am I going to hit chest or legs or all the above? So that's obviously the value of having a trainer, but yeah, also it's, I'm just trying to move and feel better. There's also other side of it as well to make myself sound cooler than what I really am. <laughs> but what I battle with is like, I'll go to a gym and I want people to listen to the podcast show and I want to help people and I want them to see my content and I want to, and I enjoy people coming up to me and having conversation. I, I, my ego loves it, but also like right. I genuinely want to help these people. But then there's this other aspect of it as well, where you're like, I'm also just trying to get a fucking workout in, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm also right. like crunched on time for an hour. Right. So people can approach me. Right. I'm not saying that. And trust me, I, I know celebrity or whatever. Right. But right. I know that feeling of, ah, oh, there's Tyler. Let me go pick his brain. Because again, when people come up like, dude, I listen, are you Tyler? I listen to your podcast. You're like, that's yeah. I love that. Right. Of course. And I genuinely want to hear a little bit about them and what they got going on. So I'm not saying you can't approach me, but Braxton Miller, let's say, it's like he walks in, you know, it's fucking Braxton Miller. Right. Right. And so even as the trainer, it's just self-awareness. Yeah. To be like, oh, bro, like, well, tell me about that spin move. Yeah. Right? I'll ask you that the second workout. Right? <laughs> right. 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 But that's a dynamic that he has dealt with. I'm sure the majority of his life is like, yeah. okay, what do these people want from me? Yeah. A hundred percent. What's the intention? And I think it's that aspect of you just treat everybody the same, like treat everyone how you want to want to be treated and just knowing like, all right, dude, this guy gets this all the time. He's got fanboys, fangirls, mm -hmm. you know, all through Columbus. He's not trying to show up at the gym and his trainer's like, oh my God, how about that Michigan game? Like, yeah. no, it's like, 
They want to come in. They want to feel like a normal human. They want to have bullshit talks just like yeah. we do. Like every, everyone wants that, but everyone like puts these people on a pedestal and you know, which, which is great at times, you know, I'm sure everyone loves to be, you know, put on a pedestal and glorified a little bit, but it's like, there's a time and a place and it's probably not when you like getting work, <laughs> getting a work yeah. out. Yeah. 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 Have you always been this way? Like you you seem very like cool, calm, collected. You're from Sunbury. Like mm. you come from money. Uh, do you come from like, what was your kind of like your upbringing? No. So my dad was an entrepreneur. He ran a, uh, an excavation business. Mm. So I think that's where the entrepreneurial like side comes from. Mm-hmm. The hustle. Also his personality is very kind of calm, cool, collective, funny guy. Just you can get along with anybody where I get that for sure from him. I didn't say you were funny, bro. But, um, but yeah, it didn't come from money, anything like that. Parents, um, never really helped me out. You know, I bought my house when I was 25, mm-hmm. uh, did it by myself. Moved roommates in there for the past five years. Always paid paid my mortgage for me. I made money off it. But it was always kind of me just like, what could I do to like get ahead a little bit? Mm. And these were kind of just, I've always put myself in, what can I do just to get ahead just a tiny little bit? Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of what's led me to the gym. It's just, I had the capital to start the gym. I started the gym out of my garage during COVID when nobody else was training because I took advantage of that. Um, I bought a house when I was young. I moved people in even when I didn't want to, um, but made money. You know, it's always just like you talk to successful people all the time, but it's those little tiny moves that help people get ahead in life and and put themselves on that, you know, that route. Yeah. It's like the, the one degree, right? It's like the, the small little day in and day out. It's the one degree, if, if a boat or a plane is going in this direction and it goes off by one degree, it's going to end up in an entire different city. Uh-huh. It's going to be all the way over here. Yeah. But it's also the inverse of that is just like 1% every day, one little small decision, one mini sacrifice today yeah. for a better tomorrow. And when you bought your house at 25, you probably didn't want to you know, maybe use that money for a house. Maybe you wanted to go on a vacation or maybe you wanted to buy cool things like a watch or a better car or whatever it may be. And you probably didn't want to have roommates, like you said, yeah. where you have to deal with them, but Hey, that's going to pay my mortgage. That's going to allow me to save up an extra amount of money more so I can open my gym. Right. Um, and that's, that's really what this is all about. The consistency game, the discipline, which ultimately leads to confidence is the day in day out making the next right decision. Yeah. Thousand percent. Cause your brain can go a million miles an hour every different avenue but it's like when you come back to it and you focus on that one thing that one thing you know you're good at or you want to explore you put time and effort into that and then say you hit the nail on the head like oh shit like i just i flipped my house it's all remodeled now i can airbnb it or i can rent it out or sell it for double the equity but it's like that one little move that you just honed in on Mm -hmm. that projected you and just put you on this crazy path just kind of the garage thing, I honed in on it. And I was like, oh, I remember I went on a, a run during COVID. And this was like probably the first panic attack I ever had, dude. It was like anxiety. I'd yeah. never experienced it. And I remember, because uh, Lifetime had just furloughed us. I was like, damn, like, what am I about to do now? Like, mm-hmm. 
the world low key is ending. My life, I was like, oh, sh-. I'm like going on this run, like all stressed out. I was like, I gotta, I gotta just keep doing what I'm doing. I gotta train people out of my house. I gotta grow this thing. And then I honed it on that. We did it. And then I actually had two of the trainers that are here now. They were training clients out of the garage too, which was funny. So they're in there training clients. It was funny. And were you charging them? Uh, at the at the time, no. Okay. Right. But it just kind of, but then full circle moment, then they're at the one fitness with me, you know, and as the relationship like, goes way deeper than it's like, oh, like this dude, he helped me out during COVID. You know, it's like a, it's a brotherhood then. Yeah. Remember that time, right? Remember that, that chaos moment, but also it comes as a result of uh, buying the house. Yeah. You right. would not have had the clients in the house in, in the garage unless you bought the house. And if you had the roommates that came in and lived with you, you probably wouldn't have been able to uh, make the decision of opening the one fitness versus saying, no, I ain't going back because my expenses are paid for. So I right. can make very conscious decisions. That's the issue, right? Is if you're 25 or younger, how do you eliminate the anchors? How do you eliminate the expenses? Right. And that is, yeah. The conversation I think people need to have, which is the house, the car, right, the significant other, the kids. If if those are covered and or non-existent, yep. then you can make very level-headed decisions, right? Because hey, what's worst case that you screw all this up? Well, you're not starving. Right. You can just go get. You could literally bartend right. and probably cover your lifestyle, right? right? Exactly. So. That's what I've reflected on as well is like decisions that you got to make that just compound over a period of time. I'm going to come back to it though. Uh, what, what's something that people may not know about you that they would find interesting? Even maybe your clients or maybe some clients do know this about you. Um, but like what makes you, you? Um, I think a lot of people see me as like the social butterfly dude, like always smile on his face, you know, talking to everybody, like bouncing around different ideas, business, stuff like that. But like low key, when I go home, I'm like, just like, I'm charging up. I'm like, that's my like social battery just ran out and I'm just slumped. And that's like my me time. I'm like, all right, like this is you, whether it's, you can then do things or I can do things that I want to focus on like business wise or stuff like that. Or I literally just sunk out and watch Netflix for like six hours. But that's like my decompression time. Like my Mm -hmm. girlfriend knows this. I'm like, and sometimes when I come home and I just don't say a word and I just slump on the couch, she knows like, I'm just dead. Yep. You know, I just talked to like 150 people the past six hours and listened to everyone's life story. I'm like, dude, this is, this is my decompression time. Yeah. And also like things are never, there's certain things, like things are just never done in, right. in business, right? There's always the to-do list. You check of off course. one thing, two things happen. When you have more time and space, more ideas start flooding in, right? right. Then you start getting more shit done. And then as a result, more things come onto your plate. Right. You know? So what do you like to do like in your, in your downtime? Like what are some things that you like that you've recognized over the years? Like, man, that's actually been very impactful for me. It's been the sauna cold, sauna cold plunge. Yeah. uh, Doing Epsom salt floats, doing things that force me to put my phone away Yeah, where you can't consciously just grab your phone right. and get into the work. Um, doing things like that has helped me tremendous. Going on a walk without your phone, just get the heck away yeah. from that anchor. Right. No, 100%, dude. I mean, it sounds 
you know, a little like stereotypical, but working out, working out's huge. Like when I was starting this thing and like it hit a point when like I hadn't worked out in like a few months and I was like, I felt terrible. I was stressed out. I was like beat down. Like My thoughts were racing everywhere. I'm like, what if it fails? But I'm like, dude, like go work out. You always feel good and you feel like yourself. You're like swagger, your confidence. Everything is like firing when I feel good mentally, physically. That's I feel like when you're at your best. Yeah, it's it's crazy that. I mean, most people, most people work their entire life and accumulate money and wealth in retirement accounts, and they end up spending a majority of that wealth on their health and, or they spend sometimes a lot of health and not have wealth. Right. So it's, it's a <laughs> yeah. balance of all of it. It's, yeah. It's an investment, man. I mean, I know I've trained super successful business owners that are like, they invested and they don't care price wise, whatever they're paying, but one of the guys I remember, he's like a mentor to me, but he's like, I literally signed up for training because the worst part of my day was like bending down to tie my shoes. He's like, he's like, I couldn't bend down and not tie my shoes. And like my hip was hurting. I was inflexible. Like he has multiple restaurants and businesses and like all this money, sick house. Like, but the worst part of his day was bending down to tie his shoes. He's like, I got to get myself right. Was it Cameron Mitchell? Actually, it's a business partner of Cameron Mitchell. You got to hook me up. I'm trying to get him on the show. I think <laughs> that's a whole, I mean, business is so hard, man, but like gyms, barbershops, restaurants, uh, there's a lot, a lot of variables that I don't even understand, mm -hmm. but like the people aspect who's working for you and, and like, they're usually like a certain type of person, in a certain stage of their life. Yeah. Even like town hall, for example, right? Like they are crushing, but you have like a certain type of person that's working for you, but they're going to leave, yeah. you know, cause they're usually within this age and in college are going to pursue a career. So that whole business model is the whole thing in itself. Yeah. You're always hiring, finding new good people, training them. Right. And then you try to scale up another location and, and, and how do you not dilute yourself? How do you build systems and processes? Blah, blah, blah. The list goes on, right? It's yeah. tough. And then trends, of especially in the food industry, like, well, now everyone's a vegan or now you got to be a carnivore or now you don't eat plants because plants will kill you, right? Like all these yeah. different dynamics and, and same with personal training, like, oh, don't deadlift. It's bad for you. But then it's, you watch another video. No, deadlifting is, is the, the best, best exercise. Yeah, the best thing ever. It's crazy. What yes. would you say are like the three, what are the three exercises that anyone and everyone should consider doing? Any type of hip hinge movement where you're just bending over with good form, you know, flat back, chest up, knees bent, stuff like that, where you're working on just functional, like when you bend down every day to tie your shoes, like it's a similar form when you squat down uh, to pick up your kid or your grandchild, like you want to be able to squat down and pick them up and not have pain, overhead mobility, overhead pressing, um, and just working on your range of motion, having that. Yep, shoulders back, good posture. <laughs> Dude, I have horrible posture. I'm, I but, realize it like halfway through, I fucking like crunch over, but yeah. There we go. Right. There we go. But yeah, it is funny. Like I'll just do that stuff with, with clients and not say anything about it just because I'm just used to it. But it's like, I always just do a, a full body dynamic warm up, or I'll do like a ton of row exercises versus like the big studios that are just like kick down, give me 
60 burpees or how many burpees can you get in a minute? Like stuff like that mm-hmm. that are just ass kicking workouts, but there's no like thought or functionality behind it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, these guys work corporate all day long and they're at a computer on their phone. Like everyone's posture is like this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I, but people don't get that. I don't like explain why we're doing every single exercise. I'm just like, no, I know like you're anteriorly rotated. So we're going to ro- like warm your shoulders up. We're going to do a yeah. ton of row exercises. Of course, I'm going to kick your ass still, but it <laughs> might not be a million burpees. <laughs> yeah. But also like if you are hunched over and on your phone yeah, and all the pressure that goes in like your neck and uh, over a period of time, like just doing a simple dynamic warm up will make their body feel and legitimately will be the equivalent of doing a very hard workout. Right. Because they haven't done that movement in in years. Right. Or I know you need it worse than she needs it. So I'm like, you go grab a band, like banded pastures or just like a pec bicep stretch. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Sue over here, like get on the treadmill. Let's, let's hit a quick mile. Like everyone's, that's the one thing I feel like is kind of different here is you can tell, you can still run a group of people. Mm-hmm. But everything's very individualized. Mm. So I could... So like, say, I know your shoulder's hurting you. You need a crazy shoulder warm up and get everything like firing in your back. I might be like, okay, go grab a band. Let's go pull apart, hit scarecrows, warm up. But I know like, all right, you, you're ready to go. You feel good. Get on the treadmill, you on the bike. Like it might be a big group, but it's a very individualized group, you know? Yeah. So one is mobility with uh, hip hinges, uh, hips, shoulders, bending down to grab a box grabbing uh, a barbell to do a deadlift, grabbing your kid, tying your shoes, just proper movement, right? With the hips, yeah. uh, hips going back first versus like breaking at your knees, mm-hmm. uh, overhead press. So, you know, shoulder movement, uh, just where joints are at, right? Essentially just right. like overall body dynamic movement. Yeah, it's just functional training. Yeah. Like if you want to be a, a power lifter body, but like, that's not my client. You're not coming to me. Yeah. We're not ever going to be squatting like 315 or like max deadlifting. Like everyone in here that I train is in here to like feel good, look good, maybe tone up, lose some body fat. Obviously you want to be strong, mm-hmm. but it's a very different demographic than like the me heady gyms. And like, we might ha- like, we have powerlifting trainers in here, mm-hmm. but it's not my clientele. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. We, we're not maxing out today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Post podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what else would you say people need to consider and or that's helped your clients in overall health and wellness? Um, you know, movement, proper dynamic warm up. obviously eating right. Yeah. Uh, but are there, are there certain like hacks or things that you've done for your clients over the years that's made a, an impact for them? I mean, every client, they have to know, like, you're not going to have your ideal, like, vision self in, like, two months. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, it takes daily deposits, showing up when you're, like, hungover, showing up when you don't want to, when you're tired in bed from the time change. Like, there's a ton of different stuff that goes into it. It's those daily deposits that are going to add up to where you're, like, damn, a year later, like, I do look good. Good job, Shane. Like, yeah. it's that type of stuff. Um, that I just try to pound into people's head, like, look, it's not going to be tomorrow. You got to give us some time, show up when you don't want to show up, show up for yourself. It's one hour of the day. Let's just get it done. Do it for you. And then you're going to feel better at the end of it all. Yep. 
Shane, the name of the show is All for Nothing. I believe that most people go to their deathbed with regret. They have nothing to show for it and or the inverse of that where they have this generational wealth, this financial independence passed on to them, right? Uh, they have a lot of pressure from that and or others could say that's a really good pressure to have. I'd like to have that. Yeah. But regardless, um, that's that's the message, right? That's what I'm dealing with every single day. I believe everyone deals with that is what are we doing today to ensure that we're not doing this all for nothing? And or how do you not disrespect your um, your ancestors, your parents? And, and how do you avoid all of this going back to poverty? Because most of the time it does when generational wealth is passed on to the second and definitely to the third generation. So what are you doing, Shane, to ensure that you're not doing this all for nothing? First of all, that's a sick name. I didn't know that's why you had it that. Um, Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Respect in the name. That, that's legit. But ensuring that I'm not doing it all for nothing, ultimately it just comes down to me living, you know, the lifestyle I want to live. Me knowing that like I'm making my family proud, like low key. That's one of my biggest motivators is like when I hear like my parents or like my girlfriend, somebody just be like, that's sick. like, I'm proud of you. Like, good job. Like that to me is like, shit. Like I feel good about that. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I could care less about like the social media glorification like that type of stuff to me is more like what matters is like my family, my friends, like obviously I want to live comfortably and like do whatever I want to do with my money that I make. But yeah, it's just, it's that type of stuff that keeps you going, keep you pushing a little bit. Like that's, that's what my why that's my why. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Good people, Shane. I appreciate you, man. Of course. Thanks for, Thank uh, you for having me, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll have to do this again and we'll have all your info and stuff below. So uh, for those that are listening in Instagram, uh, how to get in contact with you guys. I'm definitely interested in myself on like the events, filming some content oh, yeah. and uh, love what you're doing, bro. So much respect, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you having me. Boom.